Welcome to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. The podcast where we step away from the workouts and get real about life. We're a husband and wife duo, performance trainers, parents, and health and wellness experts. When we're not training professional athletes or traveling the world filming or leading workouts, we're sharing about life beyond the routine and how we find balance in all the unexpected and the chaos that our careers bring. Whether you're here to see what's going on in our crazy lives or how we manage our work-life balance, or you're interested in improving your overall health, we're here to take you beyond beyond the the routine. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. Today, we are here with five misconceptions of exercising during pregnancy as a trainer and as someone who has been now pregnant two times, I get so many questions as to what is okay with exercise during pregnancy. And I still get my aunts and my uncles and even my mom being like, is that allowed? Is that even okay? And so I think this is a really great episode for anybody that is pregnant or if you're a trainer that trains pregnant athletes or even if you are an adult that is has people in your life that are pregnant and working out and you're like, hmm, is that OK? Yeah. Uh, I am a certified personal trainer, obviously, um, if you've been following me for a while, you know that. But I also have multiple certifications and prenatal and postpartum fitness. And so we just wanted to share a few of the things today. And not only will we share, you know, myth busting of some of these misconceptions, but then also how they apply to after pregnancy and postpartum. So let's get right into it. Yeah, I think um, number one on the list, I think is probably the most uh, common one that I hear. And that's not jumping or doing high impact um, exercises. Uh, whenever you're pregnant. Yeah. So when I'm jumping, people are like, what is going on? That's Is that okay? Yeah. Is that safe? Is the baby okay? Now, the number one rule, obviously, is to make sure that your doctor has cleared you to exercise. Yeah. But the main thing is, is you want to make sure the risk doesn't outweigh the reward. And that yep. goes with not even just someone that's pregnant, but Anybody that's exercising, yeah, yeah, working out, you know, like when you see those yeah. people doing crazy box jumps, is yeah. it really worth doing those box yeah. jumps if you feel like there's a chance that you might scrape your shins or whatever? Yeah. So when it comes to pregnancy, it's the same idea. But also, if you haven't been doing jumping beforehand, it's probably not ideal to do it when to start something yeah, to start new, something yeah, new. yeah, while you're while you're pregnant, yeah. And and you know, while you say that, um, that's actually another a good call out because you hear this phrase, like, don't start anything new. Well, I do think it's safe. And I know that it's safe as long as you check with your doctor. It is safe for you to start a brand new strength routine if you're just doing a basic strength routine with a certified personal trainer that is in prenatal fitness. If you haven't been exercising before, it's actually a really good time for pregnant women to start working out or women in general to start working out because you want to counter all of those things and all the changes that are happening in your body. Mm -hmm. There's center of gravity changes. Your shoulders are rolling forward a lot. There's just a lot of things going on. So if you can do all the things to help strengthen your body and counter all of those movements, that is great. But when it comes to high impact and jumping, high impact could be running. Yeah. If you're someone that was running before. It's all relative, yeah. Yeah, it's all relative. And like that is a lot of impact. And if you've been mm-hmm. running before, it's definitely okay to keep going as long as you have a low risk pregnancy. And yeah. again, 
And I'm not going to keep repeating that. I just want everyone to know, yeah. as long as your doctor says it's okay for you to exercise and you have a low risk pregnancy, yeah. I won't keep and repeating then, that. But. And then obviously error a little bit, obviously on the safe side. Exactly. So like if, if you're used to running, you know, five or 10 miles, maybe if you're pregnant, obviously don't run that much, but you can certainly still run. Yeah. Or I, as far I as mean, the I gym know some, goes. Yeah. Some women that still run marathons when they're pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's impressive. But then as far as the gym goes. Mm-hmm. If you're doing, I don't know, like five sets or something on some box jumps, mm-hmm. like you could still do box jumps, maybe just go yeah. six or 12 inches lower yep. or maybe do half the the reps yep. or whatever. Again, but is the risk, not, is it really worth it? Yeah. You know, but don't necessarily exclude if your body's used to it, you can continue to do it. Exactly. I guess that's, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're used to doing a six inch box jump, then yeah, you can keep doing those. Those are pretty safe. But yeah. if it's in, you know, normally in your programming, it's challenging for you to do a 12 inch or 18 inch box jump. Let's not try to set a it's, PR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's not a time to set yeah. a PR. I remember when I was teaching at Crosstown a long time ago, there was a woman that was pregnant and her husband would take my classes too. Yeah. And she did a box jump. And that this isn't a sad story or anything. It's, she did a box yeah. jump, but I remember her looking at me and being like, don't tell Paul, please. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. How I pregnant was she at she that was point? Like, Almost, I remember you telling yeah, me Yeah, like this. third trimester. Yeah. But she, I mean, she had been doing box jumps. I've been seeing her do these box jumps for three years. So I knew it was safe, <laughs> but I was like, oh, because I know her husband would have been like, don't let her do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. safe. So I, I, you know, again, err to the side of caution. It's I assess if, if it's worth it. Like if you're used to the movement, great. And your body's used to it. Your body's acclimated to it. You know, obviously it's not a time to start snowboarding. If you've never snowboarded before, not time to start jujitsu. If you've never done jujitsu before, you're just activating so many different muscles that you're not used to. Um, But we said like, you know, we're talking about high impact snowboarding. Obviously, I've been a snowboarder before. I wouldn't go snowboarding while pregnant because the risk is very high of me getting hurt. It's not a very controlled environment. Not even necessarily for you though, because you can yeah. you can snowboard. But if somebody and you'd be else, safe, yes, and but somebody else might exactly. trample you, and that's scary. Yeah. So exactly. again, that risk so, is not worth it. Yeah. Um, it's not a controlled environment. But if you're able to control the environment, you know, strength yeah. training, um, the jumping, as long as you're not doing high something, impact and jumping, yeah, I think just yeah. err on the side of caution. One, but two, if you've been doing it, you can continue to do it mm-hmm. in some capacity. Just maybe tone it down a notch. Exactly. And just err on yeah, the side. Yeah, I was of caution. still doing yeah. jumping even in the third trimester. Yeah. And it was actually a really good opportunity for me as someone that's a little more advanced to incorporate my pelvic floor work with the jumping. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of women experience incontinence issues uh, postpartum and even during pregnancy. So I was able to control or focus on controlling those movements. Since I was so used to doing you know, little small movements of jumping. I would, I would focus on bracing my core, bracing my pelvic floor and engaging just to kind of get used to that. So I would be better, set up better postpartum. Um, as far as jumping and high impact postpartum, again, you should check with your healthcare provider before getting into exercise postpartum, but I would definitely wait at least the six weeks and then ease into the high impact and the running, you know, um, when you're in your first and second trimester, you you can do a little more than you can in your third. When you're postpartum, you kind of want to act like you're still in your third trimester. Yeah. So, you know, if you're still um, still healing, obviously you don't want to do any jumping because you could you could yeah. you know open up those wounds again. Yeah. Um, so that's important. And then also, um, 
if you're doing any jumping or uh, running, I would just start off slow, similar to what you said before, like maybe don't do five miles off the bat, like start with those easy one mile and maybe go at a really slow pace. One of my really good friends who is an ultra marathoner, she just had a baby a month before I did. Uh, And I think she just did her first 5K a few weeks ago and she said it was a lot slower. So just knowing even the people that are ultra marathoners, they start really slow. So don't put that pressure on yourself to just get after it right away. But it is okay to start start getting into it. Just make sure you're not going too high right off the bat. And also make sure you're seeing pelvic floor therapists if you are experiencing incontinence issues, because with jumping and running, that's usually where people feel it the most or coughing, laughing, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, that was number one. Yeah. And I think just to conclude that, I think um, just being smart and like, I know you already said it 18 times probably <laughs> about asking your, yeah, um, like getting permission from your healthcare provider. Yeah. But like, you just have to do that because it's also relative, it's, like depending on mm-hmm. what type, like, did you have a C-section or was it natural? Or was, Definitely. You know, like every... Like you might feel good at three weeks and you're like, shoot, I might be able to do it. You wouldn't, you know, but you, you could feel good enough to, but then somebody else might be like eight weeks and they're still like, fuck, like this is, I can't even walk to the kitchen. And that's a really good thought because your, your obstetrician and your midwives, they're actually not certified in the exercise portion of, of your recovery. You know, they can see what's healing. They could see if you have any prolapse, they can make sure like there's no bleeding. They'll check in and they'll say, oh, you can start to ease back into it, but just know that they're not, it's not their specialty to tell you what exercises to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely check in with, um, you know, with any sort of certified personal trainer um, that's in prenatal and postpartum training. Um, A birth fit is a really good place to check out. They have trainers all across the U.S. that that you can find. And there's a bunch of different great resources that we can list in the show notes too, if you're interested. Yeah. But yeah. So then number two, I think number two is fairly common as well. Um, oh, this is my favorite one. <laughs> and that's just uh, not getting your heart rate over, what, 140? 140. Yeah, 140. Yes. Or the, just high in general. Yes. Yeah. This one, oh my gosh, in the 80s is when they said, okay, no heart rate should go over 140 if you're pregnant. But that is so old school. And I and I still hear some trainers say it till this day. It was actually in 96 where they took that rule away, the ACOG, um, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. They said, no more. That's OK. You should use the rate of perceived exertion. So um, or the or the yeah. talk test. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you, you can actually talk when you're working out. Um, you actually, you know, this, the rate of perceived exertion is like if you're on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the hardest, one being the easiest. Um, you kind of want to be around the six to seven, maybe eight. You don't want to be so pushing it. Yeah. yeah like redlining so it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just it's just um, that- and then just real quick what she means about being able to talk during a conversation. So like, say you're walking on a treadmill. Oh, yeah. If you're walking on the treadmill, you could still have a conversation mm-hmm. with the person next to you. But you might, I mean, think about whenever you try to have a conversation, you're walking up the stairs, you know, you like <laughs> kind of, yeah, so like blah, blah, blah. But if you're on an assault bike and you're just ripping it as hard Red as you lining. can and you're going, trying to get your heart rate way, way up, you're not going to be able to hold a conversation. Right. So that means you're pushing too hard. Yeah. So a good, easy, just rule of thumb. Um, I'm sure a bunch of the listeners are, listeners are probably familiar with that 
conversation rule. But yeah, a good rule of thumb is if you can have a conversation while you're doing your exercise, you're in the aerobic state. Yeah. Which is acceptable. Yeah. For for pregnancy and postpartum. And another thing yeah. to remember is that your heart rate changes so much when you're pregnant. Yeah. During just the from different hormone, from yeah. hormones. Yeah. So 140 could just be you walking down the street, but getting off the couch. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't use the heart rate at all. That is just so old school. When yeah. I hear that now, I'm like, have you, did you actually, did you get your certification in 96? Yeah. <laughs> just think about it on a one to 10, a scale of one to 10, yeah. the RPE, the rate of perceived exertion, like she said. Um, yeah. So just think, are, what is my RPE on this from one to 10? Yeah. If I'm between a five and six or yeah, so. Yeah, good. Maybe a seven at the most. Because it's all relative. And if I start getting to like a nine out of 10, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit. Yep. Because, it, again, it's it's relative and everyone's going to be a little different. Like someone that's maybe never worked out before and is just starting to get a little bit of um, strength training in, their five is going to be different than someone else's five that's been working out for a long time. So, yeah. you know, don't compare yourself to somebody else, like especially if it's if you're on a treadmill taking a berries class or an orange theory class, don't look at the person next to you if they're pregnant too. Like it yep. doesn't matter what their speed is. It's all relative to what your what your RPE is. And then another thing to remember is that the ACOG re- uh, recommends 150 minutes of exercise per week. And they say moderate exercise. So that would say that was like five to six. Yeah, five yeah, to six. Out of 10, yeah. Maybe the seven. Um, and just making sure that you're getting that in is really important. And that could just be a brisk walk down the street. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's a big one. I I, um, I advocate for just challenging yourself in the way that you feel comfortable yeah, or uncomfortable yeah. in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then number three, don't lift anything heavy oh, or should, even over 10 pounds. This is actually my fa- this is my favorite one. This is your favorite one? <laughs> yes, because as a strength trainer, as someone that lifts 10 pounds... Also, or lifts more than 10 pounds multiple times a week. Is that the number? Do they, do people actually say people don't say lift, don't lift more, more than 10 t- pounds? Oh, yeah. Wow. And a Luna weighs 25 pounds. <laughs> it Maybe more. She weighs more than that now. So I can only imagine if I wasn't, quote unquote, allowed to weight or carry 10 pounds. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's 10 pounds. He also weighs more than 10 pounds. Oh, Yeah. Yes. It's 11 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It, okay. So the 10 pound rule. Yeah. The 10 pound rule. Th- I know I, we're talking about prenatal. Yeah. Prenatal. And even. They kind of go yes, hand in hand. They kind of go hand in hand. And I think for any of the rules in general, any of these misconceptions, um, even with the heart rate stuff, um, you know, when you're postpartum, you're just kind of easing back into it. But for the most part, when you're postpartum, you you want to treat yourself as if you were in the third trimester yeah. still. Um. But yeah, the no lifting over 10 pounds, that one, it's just so funny. When my mom was here recently, she was telling me that she was like, oh, your, your tita, which means aunt in Tagalog, your tita was, was so worried. She saw you on Instagram doing deadlifts, lifting so many weights. And she, she called me, she said, oh, Bettina's, Bettina's lifting weights. And my mom was like, oh, I didn't even know this. Yes. And my mom's like, oh, it's the modern. It's the modern thing. It's the modern thing. Uh, And I was like, mom, it's not just the modern thing. It's actually what's safe. It's safe for me because I'm used to it. I know how to control my breath. The biggest thing with lifting weights is controlling abdominal pressure. So the you don't want to you don't want what is it called coning yes coning. So if you see your belly coning when you're breathing, that means there's too much 
pressure in your abdominals. And that means, um, or that, you know, that's why you shouldn't be doing any crunching or any of that, those kind of movements. But with lifting, if you're used to lifting more than 10 pounds, yeah. And the thing is, is that there's so many things around the house that I think is more than 10 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for sure yeah and you know obviously like today i had um, i helped a woman that was pregnant lift a box into her, her car and i'm postpartum but i felt comfortable doing it because it's been a few weeks and i'm lifting a luna every single day but she was pregnant so i was like okay um, let me do this for you because yeah. she was like second trimester and i don't know if she lifts boxes all the time yeah um so you just want to manage that abdominal pressure um, because when you are lifting something heavy, you might brace your core a lot. And so if you see that coning, it's it's not good. Um, you know, if you're doing like pull-ups or something, that's like you're doing a lot of core and that's obviously yeah. I'm 135 pounds po- um, mm-hmm. not pregnant. And so I'm lifting 135 pounds. That might be a little too much yeah. pressure when I'm uh, going doing my pull-up. So yeah. Just keeping that in mind when you're doing that. Um, and if you want to know a little more about coning, you'll just have to look because obviously yes, we can't really describe yeah, it. On, it literally on looks like a coning, like yeah. a cone in your abs. Cause you it's know, like the middle part of your abs. Yes. So if you see someone with like a perfect six pack, the line right down the middle, yes, it kind of has like a little bevel to it or like a little round yeah. to it. It's just like... You're not properly engaging your core is essentially uh, right. There's just too much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's too much abdominal pressure with, you know, with the baby growing in your belly and you don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Um. So no like hollow body stuff. Yeah. On no your hollow body. Like, no, no crunching. Yeah. Um, v ups. Like yeah. typical stuff that you see people do for abs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just going to add abs. more abdominal pressure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but with lifting, feel free to keep doing your deadlifts. Keep doing your. If you're used to it again, that goes to back yes. to. Yep. If you're, if you've been doing it for years, like your mm-hmm. box jump story, mm-hmm. the girl that had been doing it for three or four years. And yeah. then she like, I mean, you've been lifting for I was doing deadlifts up until years. second trimester. I think third yeah. trimester was when I started, um, going down a little bit on my weight. I was going down on my weight come the second time, trimester. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I wasn't going too crazy with the but weight. But you were still doing the deadlifts. Yes, I was like, still doing deadlifts. Um, I went a little bit lighter, but yeah. definitely more than 10 pounds, even yeah. up until uh, the day I... For sure. Yeah, that's crazy. 10 pounds. People say 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> wild. I, I was laughing when my mom said that about my aunt, because it's yeah. like, I could only imagine how many people on Instagram, because, you know, you could see your analytics. I have people that are like over 45. Yeah. That are probably looking at that like, is that okay? What's yeah, she yeah, doing? But I don't have any trolls on my, I, I don't think yeah. I've ever had anybody say anything on my, on my actual posts. Yeah. You know, cause again, I always try to put a disclaimer, check with your healthcare provider. This is something that I've done for a long time, but yeah, if you're, if you're looking to start a strength routine, obviously don't just jump right into 10 pounds plus <laughs> yeah. work with your prenatal certified trainer to make sure that you're lifting properly. Um, if you're starting a strength routine, it might just be body weight. And keep in mind, as you're growing, you're adding more body weight. So that's going to be more 10 pounds. I mean, most women gain at least 25 pounds, if not yeah. more than that, when they're pregnant. So yeah. that's in itself is more than 10 pounds when you're in your lifting. So. Yeah. That one's crazy to me. I um, know. But I mean, you know, it's just it a is very what it is. The next school. one's crazy too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one trying to avoid all. So number four on the list, avoiding all rotation. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just essentially thinking that rotation is bad. Yeah. And so don't drive your car. Don't put your seatbelt yes, on. Yes, exactly. exactly. Don't, don't, don't um, pick the kid up. Don't like reach down in the cabinet. Yep. Like you rotate. You rotate every single don't day. <laughs> don't walk. Yeah. Well, when it comes to exercise, what that means is um, this one's a little this one's a little um, more tricky because. The biggest thing is you don't want to think of anything ringing. So like you don't want any disassociation with your shoulders and your hips when you're doing an exercise. So a common exercise I see in group fitness class is is like a, a, a forward lunge to a twist, like towards the leg that is forward. So like your hips are staying forward, but then your upper body is like twisting. So you're not getting you're getting like this ringing motion. That's a no, no. But like Nick said, every single day. You are rotating. You're putting your seatbelt on. If I have to grab something from the back of the car seat, I have to rotate. My my shoulders are twisting. There is going to be a little small disassociation from my hips, but my hips are actually going to be turning with me when I'm rotating. So that's totally fine. You just don't want this ringing motion. Um, really good movements, I think, are like a high to low exercise or some sort of chop mm-hmm. where your feet are wide. Your arms are up. Um, on, like, let's say your feet are wide. Your both hands are up with a cable. Yeah. Up in the, to a corner and they're up to your right side. And then you rotate across your body down to your left. Then that's a really good rotational exercise because your hips are moving with you and you're getting movement through your upper upper part of your spine. Yeah. Yeah. Because the biggest thing is you want to make sure there's movement coming up through your, through your T-spine. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially... As you're growing and your baby's growing, there's you don't want your upper spine to be too locked up because it's already going to be locked up as you're growing. Um, locked up meaning tight. Yeah. So your shoulders are rolling forward. Um, everything's kind of tightening through your chest, through your 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 abs. So you want to get some motion through the upper part of your body. Um, what else? Like you, a, a big no-no exercise is a r- Russian twist. Yeah. Like that's like, there's no point in your doing lower that. body's kind of yeah, going keeping, one way yeah. in your upper body. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. And that's the same thing postpartum. Yeah. Um, your abdominals are still healing. So you don't want to go right into all the twisting motions right away. I would wait a while before you start doing that and making sure that you're, um, you're, you're not, you're, you're still healed. Number one, or you're healed. Um, because you still want to manage the abdominal pressure. On the inside, um, I'm trying to think of what else is a good, like, option. So, essentially, one. if you're, you could still rotate again. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> Check with your health care provider. <laughs> um, but no, you could still, um, you could still rotate if you've been rotating. Yes. But your but lower body has to be involved yes. with the upper body. Exactly. It's not like, like, I can't just, um, maybe this is easy to picture if I'm just standing here and I got my legs wide, like wider than my shoulders. And then I literally just rotate horizontally straight to the side My and my pelvis and everything is still facing forward, but my trunk is turning. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. 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 You want, but I can, if I rotate and my legs swivel with me, it's a little internal rotation. That's, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yep. If my pelvis and everything it's goes with me. With you. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So you just have to sequence everything up. Like your feet can't just be stationary. You have to think about like a baseball swing, like a yeah. you're swinging a bat. The back leg ends up rotating and squishing the bug. Yeah, squishing the bug. Squishing the bug. <laughs> or putting out the cigarette. 
Whichever analogy you want to use. Just like, but you're kind of like rotating with it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but don't go to the batting cage if you're pregnant <laughs> and hit some balls. Again, that's a very high risk <laughs> no. batting yeah. cage. Yeah. Yeah, just because you played but, softball while you before you're yeah. pregnant doesn't mean you play. Yeah. <laughs> that's why but that you whole can role... rotate. You can yeah. rotate. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. make sure that you don't dissociate that's, upper and lower. You know what? That's actually funny. We should have put that as one of the misconceptions, the whole you can keep doing what you used to be used to do because yeah. like there are just so many funny things like if you played softball, if you played if you if you did soccer or uh, yeah. Yeah, even soccer or snowboarding. Like you shouldn't be doing that stuff. It yeah. is about the risk and the, versus the reward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so but, rotate but I feel if like you've been rotating. Be, this is a tangent, but I feel like tennis would be okay because as long as you're not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, Ser Ser uh, Serena did it. Yeah, <laughs> but she's also the greatest of all time. I'm sure she made so many small adjustments though, oh, yeah. like with oh. using a little more arm. You know, mm -hmm. instead of rotating, like yeah. using a little more arm to get the yep. the power and the velocity. Yeah, like her not body speaking is so acclimated Serena, to it. But yeah, but she was in their first trimester, though, right? When she, I think it. she was. Yeah, because I no think she knew. was playing and nobody knew yeah, for a little bit, knew. and then she announced it. And it was yeah, but she kept playing. I think while she was... yeah, and then in the first trimester, it you can pretty much do everything. Um, even like with the core stuff, I wouldn't do crunching, but I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then the last one, so the point number five is that you just have to continuously do Kegels. Kegels, Kegels. Kegels, do the Kegels. kegels. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with Kegels, I think everybody knows what Kegels are. They're the thing that you you just like squeeze your pelvic floor like as if you were holding your pee. Um, and I love it because if you're a woman and you're talking about it, like when you say the word Kegel, you can't help but like to start doing that. <laughs> Nick is like, what? No, I like almost every... Every woman, if I ever had a conversation with them at the after, like after we're done talking, I'm like, how many of you done the kegels? So <laughs> how many of you right now are doing them? If you're listening to this, even if you just did like one or two, anyway, and you need to do kegels. That's that's a that I hear that so much with pre prenatal or while you're pregnant. And yes, it is important to work on your pelvic floor while you're pregnant. But when you're when you're working on that pelvic floor and your, your Kegels, you're actually tightening your, your pelvis and your, your pelvic floor. When you, when you want to give birth, you actually want to lengthen it and loosen it up and make it relaxed. And so if you do too many Kegels while you're pregnant, you can actually make childbirth a little bit more challenging. Um, again, it is, it is important to do a little bit of the pelvic floor work, but also not just the tightening, because a lot of people think Kegels are just about like doing that little fast tightening, a bunch of them nonstop but you want to think about being able to tighten it hold it and then also slowly release it so mm. having pelvic floor control, control yeah. is really important so you also know how to relax it um and that's where a lot of the breath work comes in and breath work is not just important for your pelvic floor but just everything in general just managing your abdominal pressure um, everything moves together, your pelvic floor and your diaphragm and your rib cage. So you want to make sure that you have all of that control and not just make it about your, uh, about your Kegels. And another big issue that I see with women doing too many Kegels, especially if they've never seen a pelvic floor therapist, is that they're only like clenching their booty. Mm. And that's actually not very good either. And so having a tight glute is 
I mean, can have so many issues. I mean, you've seen this with, with your athletes and yeah. um, so many people like they may have hip problems or lower back problems just because they're not balanced. Like everything's too tight. So um, when it comes to the Kegels, focus on having that control. So a good actionable is when you're breathing, like take a big breath in, you can relax your pelvic floor. And as you exhale, you tighten your pelvic floor and pretend like it's an elevator and it's coming up. And then as you exhale, it slowly comes down or sorry, reverse it. So as you inhale, the elevator comes up, inhale, elevator comes down. And then as you exhale, elevator comes up. Okay. Yeah. So you're just focusing on getting that, um, that control through and nice and slow. You don't have to do them super fast. Um, in fact, I don't recommend doing them super, super fast. I would focus on making sure that you actually have that control and being able to hold it for maybe about five seconds, have the elevator pause for a second after you exhale up there and then slowly release it. Um, and the same thing happens whenever you're postpartum. And in fact, it's most important when you're postpartum to do the pelvic floor contractions and not just Kegels. I would just, I mean, I've seen, there's all these crazy tools now that like there's like Kegel counters, like you literally just stick this thing up there and it like counts. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, marketing is wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't got any ads for that one. <laughs> <laughs> marketing is wild. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> Kegel counters. And I'm sure they serve their purpose. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a pelvic floor therapist out there right now. Like, no, there's actually, you know, but I, I don't think that's, it's ideal. Um, but I would focus on doing all your pelvic floor work during pregnancy and focus on the control and post-pregnancy. If you want to do just regular Kegels, that's the time to do it. Um, but again, making sure that you're not just holding or squeezing your butt. So with the butt and then the Kegels, like a lot of people are trying to hold their poop, I think is what's happening. Mm. Whenever people get their, um, whenever their butt gets too tight, they're like trying to hold back poop instead of like holding back pee. Uh, I mean, it's two different muscles, so. Yeah, well. So, yeah. I can't speak on this one. Yeah, I mean, but if you think <laughs> about it, like, for men, it's actually, that's actually interesting you say that, because uh, the pelvic floor therapists talk about how it is important for some men to go to pelvic floor therapy, too. Some men experience incontinence, incontinence issues, but I don't think that's an issue for you. It's <laughs> but, <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Not anyway. that you're aware. But no, I, I mean, you're not peeing when you're, like, jumping, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's. It's interesting because like a lot of people think it's just about pregnant women and it's common because there's just like so much pressure, pressure on your pelvic yeah. floor, but it happens with men too. Um, I don't know how common it is, but I know it's a thing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so try to hold back your pee and not hold back your poop or your farts. <laughs> Boom. You heard it from her first. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So those are all five. Those are all five. Yeah. And and again, most of these are just assessing the risk versus the reward, um, making sure that you're checking with your healthcare <clears throat> provider before you do it. But then most importantly, work with a pelvic or a, work with a prenatal and postpartum specialist if you're not sure what to do. Because mm -hmm. a lot of exercising is scary. Um, I have had people who just go to their doctor and they're like, oh, yeah, the doctor said I can just do whatever. But depending on what kind of program you're doing. If your doctor knew you're doing a bunch of crunching, th that's not necessarily what you should be doing. So yeah. I would just check to make sure I would follow some certified personal trainers, cert certified prenatal, certified postpartum, because there are a lot of trainers out there that I've seen on the internet that are just trainers that are pregnant 
and just do exercise. And I don't think those are a good guide. Um, so make sure you're checking what their certifications are. Make sure that you check what their language is about what they're doing. Um, I, I mean, just as of late, I've seen a bunch of trainers that are pregnant and doing things that I wouldn't recommend other pregnant people to do. So I would just check to see what their language is around what they're doing and making sure it's not something that you should be doing. If they're not saying like, oh, like this is something that I've been doing for a long time. Make sure you check with your health provider. Like it's probably not okay for you to do if you're just doing a bunch of crazy stuff. So just yeah. check in yeah. with yourself. So yeah, that's it. Anything awesome. else to add? I think five of them was good. Yeah. Those are all pretty, I feel like yeah, people and have I, heard of all those misconceptions yeah, for and the I, most part. And uh, I just would, I'm just curious to see what your take is on just so like people can hear the two pregnancies that I have, like even as someone that trains really hard, like what have you seen in my training? Just because I'm, I'm, I know people probably wonder, oh, I know I've seen what she does on the internet, but. Um, I think you, well, you're talking about whenever you're pregnant, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. I think you go through kind of stages. Yeah. Like you'll get really lazy for a couple of <laughs> weeks, but then you'll get really motivated for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you'll, so you'll, I mean, you'll, over the course of the nine months, you'll be pretty consistent. Yeah. Maybe not as consistent as you would without being pregnant, obviously. Like you tone it back a little bit, which rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just go through more ups and downs. I feel like yeah. is that. Yeah, that's that pretty accurate. accurate. And yeah. I wanted I wanted him to share that just because I know there are a lot of people that check in with my Instagram. They're like, oh my gosh, she's I'm doing pregnant so much. too. She's doing so much. You don't see the naps. I try to sit, yeah. remind people that I nap a lot when I'm pregnant. But yeah. <laughs> Nick has seen me nap. Mm -hmm. Nick has seen even the days that I'm just super upset because I didn't work out. Yeah, well, I mean, there'll be like, again, two, four weeks where I'm just like trying to motivate mm -hmm. you to even just walk or yeah. something. <laughs> and you're like, uh... But then there will be like a month or two, maybe during pregnancy where you're like three days a week, you're in the gym, yep. getting after it, like got a kind of a plan and a program in place, yep. but then they'll have kind of a low. So yeah, I think. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Especially after, what you're doing. especially after first trimester. First trimester is always the worst. The, that's more of the low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more of the low. And then the end of second or third trimester. I feel like second trimester was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. That's the magic. Uh, and then it kind of starts to go back down in the yeah, third. Yeah. In the third. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, if you, again, if you are pregnant or you know that someone that's pregnant or looking to get pregnant and still doesn't know, they don't know what to do as far as exercise, or if you have, or if you are pregnant and your mom or your grandma or your auntie or your tito is like, oh, that is not allowed. Send this episode to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can contact us at contact at beyondtheroutinepodcast.com. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Boom. Just real quick, we'd like to remind you that while we are fitness and wellness professionals, we are not doctors or prescribing any medical advice. We do advise that before you change any of your habits or routines, you always should check with your healthcare provider.